And just like that, the state of the race has changed. I do hope we hold this shot for a moment. Sometimes you get to learn something. You saw Governor Christie go up and shake hands with Nikki Haley. She seemed to say something nice to him. Uh, a little bit of an exchange with DeSantis, polite enough. Nobody going up to Ramaswamy. Uh, not a surprise after what we saw here. And that is it. You are looking at the end shot of the last Republican primary debate before the all-important Holy Day season, when Nikki Haley and the three gentlemen will now have to go back uh, and tell people, you saw me on the stage. I am the one. If it's not Trump, then it's me. I'm Chris Cuomo. Thank you so much for staying with us here at News Nation. A big night, as promised. Uh, A lot of noise, a lot of heat. How much light and how has the race changed? Very happy here uh, to be giving you the after coverage. You saw Vivek Ramaswamy, former Governor Chris Christie, current Governor Ron DeSantis, and of course, Ambassador Nikki Haley. She said she felt that she was going to have a target on her back early on. She certainly did. But did it hurt her or help her with how she handled it? To discuss the all-star panel is with me right now. Geraldo Rivera, Mick Mulvaney, Morgan Ortegas, and Sean Spicer. Uh, we're watching them continue to say goodbye. Nikki Haley is there. We'll keep watching this. Uh, let's, I, just, I, I think before we get too far into the analysis of this, big winner tonight, News Nation. This was a top-notch professional debate. It, if you think about how old this this news organization is. I put these together for the RNC in 2015. I can tell you this is not an easy thing to do. News Nation and its team in front of and behind the camera deserve a lot of credit for how well this came off. I was talking to a Fox uh, executive today and he said it took Fox seven or eight years to get to where News Nation got tonight. So this was a big, before we get into the candidate analysis, a big kudos to the team that put this together tonight. I will honestly say it is the first time Sean, Mick, I agree with you. <laughs> Everything you just said it's not the was, last. was not spot the on. Spot on accurate. All right, so uh, just a, a quick take going in. Uh, was there a clear winner or loser for each of you? I'll start with you, Morgan, tonight. No, not, not a clear one. I think what happened is what I thought would happen, which is they all went after Haley, especially in the first hour. And she did, in the first hour, what I thought she needed to do, which is to not let it get, get to her. She kept her cool, and she used their tax as a, a moment of opportunity. Not, at a, not everyone's going to agree with her. There's a lot of people that are going to be inspired by Vivek and some of the things he was saying about going against the bureaucracy um, in D.C. But, yeah, the gloves are off tonight. Mm. Mick. I think if anybody who seriously watches Washington, D.C. realizes that Vivek Ramaswamy is not a serious candidate. He was in this to try it. He was a child. He was attacking people like you would in a high school debate class. They were all ad hominem attacks. Many of them had, like, any basis in fact whatsoever. He doesn't understand how the government works. And I think you saw folks start to sort of ignore him towards the end. Even the moderators are saying, you know, thanks very much, be quiet. They got sick of this very soon. I don't know if there was a winner, but if there was a loser, it was Vivek Ramaswamy. I uh, think that Nikki Haley endured a barrage of attacks from child mutilation, uh, uh, you know, to uh, uh, some of her other, her other positions. And I thought that she did very well. I think that ironically, when Chris Christie came to her defense... She seemed, I saw her make a big sigh, and she seemed less energetic after that, less confident after that, and she kind of tailed off. On the other hand, Vivek Ramaswamy, who was absolutely obnoxious in the first one, I thought Chris Christie could have and, and should have gone over and smacked him, uh, he redeemed himself somewhat toward the, uh, uh, in, the, in the second hour. He was, he was less bad. 
but he still comes across as a smug know-it-all. Maybe it's just generational, the fact that I'm the 80-year-old they're always uh, making fun of. Uh, but it, it just, uh, it's, it seems to me that he's, 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 a, he's too glib for school. Well, also, let me uh, confirm a suspicion for everybody watching right now. As somebody who has uh, known Geraldo Rivera most of my life, uh, you are proof of the opposite end of the point, which is it's not just about age, it's about stage. I don't want any part of you in any kind of disagreement today <laughs> any more than I did 25 years ago. But it's case by case. It's not just age. Whatever age you are, your hair isn't telling the story, and your mind is sharp and clear, and your heart is pure. Uh, is that true for the other men that they're judging on terms of age? That's about their stage, and it should be case by case. Sean, did you see anything? Yeah, I mean, look, I thought it was a push, meaning did anyone do anything tonight that stood out? And therefore, in, in absence of somebody having a standout night, Trump wins. Right. Because right now he's got this big lead. We talked about it in the pregame. If no one can cut into that, he becomes the de facto winner. There was no one tonight that stood out to the point where tomorrow morning, if there was a flash poll in Iowa, New Hampshire, you're going to see them move one way or another. Everyone did what they needed to do today. Uh, and therefore, I, I think it's literally a push. I am going to do something different for you. Um, I am not going to shade the coverage by playing sound and baiting answers that let you understand what I thought. I'll just tell you, okay? I think this was the best night that Governor Chris Christie has had. Uh, I thought that he was communicating something that's really important to independent voters, which is I'm going to answer the questions. I'm going to tell you what they are. They're asking the questions. They take the time to think about them. I'll give you a straight answer. Uh, And I thought he handled himself better in that regard than he had in the earlier ones. My question mark is going to be about Nikki Haley. Uh, It's not easy. As we were talking before, if you watched our lead up uh, coverage, it's different when you're out there on the stage. Everybody's coming at you. You feel the pressure. You're worried about what this is doing at home. You don't know how you can control it. You're not getting help from the moderators. It's not their job to help you. I thought that that cowed her a bit. Uh, She obviously has a great command of what she believes in terms of leadership style, which I think will help her. But on that stage, that was tough. I also thought it was a good moment, though dicey, for Chris Christie to defend her the way he did. I was afraid of him getting hit for a, with a mansplaining charge, but that's probably the wrong party. You know, I think in the Republican Party, they're okay with hearing him say, hey, I know her. She's yeah. smart. She's competent. I, Lay off. I think she can handle yeah, her own. Too. I was reminded at the end when she everybody came up with their spouse and her adult child, her daughter, yeah. came up. And it reminded me that her husband is deployed. You know, so unlike everybody else on that debate stage, not only is she the only woman up there, she's having to do it with her husband overseas. Yeah. By the way, as we talked about in the pregame, while uh, U.S. troops, and, and not where her husband's stationed, but U.S. troops are being attacked, U.S. Navy ships are being attacked. Um, and so she has all of that in the back of her mind while being on the debate stage. Now, a couple of moments, and then you guys tell me uh, which ones you thought resonated and the team as Sean was relaying we got an amazing team and they will call up the sound for us but just a couple of things that I picked that I thought was interesting Uh, Christie's signature proposition it's not really about him but it's about how this field deals with a particular issue uh, that will matter to voters listen to Chris Christie on Trump retribution at the first debate my three colleagues on this stage when asked if he would be convicted of federal felonies, would they still support him, raise their hand, look into the camera, and let everybody know that they would still support him even if convicted of federal felonies? Federal felonies, by the way. He's letting you know, I am your retribution. Thank he will you. only be, Elizabeth, he will only be his own retribution. He doesn't care for the American people. It's Donald Trump first. 
relevant, Seraldo? I think it's very relevant. I, I don't know how effective it is uh, because it is Chris, uh, Governor Christie, with all due respect, he's down 3% or whatever it is. But I love the guy. Uh, to me, he is the essence of a, of, a, of a straight shooter. And when he came to Nikki Haley's defense uh, against uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I, I thought that was so sincere. And it really reminded me of the guy who, uh, in, in the bluest of blue states, New Jersey, as a, as a pro-life uh, conservative, uh, how he won re-election overwhelming. I mean, that's a guy that has the ability to bring the American people together, ironically, because he's so pugnacious, but I believe that because he is so fair in that sense, I mean, because he has paid his dues as a federal prosecutor, and, uh, you know, he, he, standing alone as a Republican against Donald Trump, I, I, I think that... Uh, I wish that he could get more consideration given the yeah, quality wait, of person. Hold on. He's gotten plenty of consideration. It's not working. You can, that, that message, the bottom line is Republican primary voters and caucus goers aren't buying what he's selling. This isn't the first debate. We're at four. He's been in the race for a while. He ran before, right? He is not new to the scene. What about retribution? But that's not the what you're talking about is why Christian. Yeah, now he's shifting it to a different proposition. Right, but what he put up there is that everyone on this stage said, yes, I would still correct. support what, Donald three Trump. Three debates ago, they did that. Right. Debates. And it didn't hurt them then. And it actually strengthened Donald Trump. So if that message worked, Chris Christie would be growing in the, the polls, message, not shrinking. The message you didn't hear tonight. I thought Chris did a really nice job. And he came close to saying this, but nobody said this. If Donald Trump gets convicted, he cannot win a general election. Okay, period, end of story. If you want to beat Joe Biden, you cannot go with Donald Trump. But Mick, Chris you, came first of all, there isn't that. a Republican voter that doesn't know that. He's been indicted four times. They know that there's a possibility of this. If that message worked, it would, it would you'd I've see never it heard anybody say exactly that. I didn't hear say tonight. Chris got close, but nobody said that, not even in their closing arguments. Okay, well, we'll see. But so far, there's been no evidence that, in fact, these legal troubles have helped Trump grow in the poll. He's grown stronger. His base has grown more emboldened. We've seen the News Nation poll that came out that said 30 percent, 30 percent of the Trump voters think he should be disqualified from the ballot. Okay? It doesn't cost him the Republican, the Republican nomination. It absolutely, if that's true, will cost him a general election if he's convicted. And we by the way, by the time case. anything possibly happens, it'll yeah. be well after March 5th. But not after, after November 4th. I get that. But my point is, is that the process won't allow what you're to be what you're talking about to be yeah. considered. All right. Now, I want to tease something up and then I want to get in there and hear what Leland Vitter thought. Uh, and he's with Chris Steyerwalt, who you talk about our polls. I mean, this is the master of the numbers. But I think that this was maybe for the people at home, especially people who are free agents. You have an open mind. You're not just going by party, even though this is a Republican primary. You still have an open aperture, a window in your mind. Is this a good idea? Um, Governor DeSantis gave a voice to an issue in America in terms of where our economy uh, needs changes that I have not heard from any of these candidates on either side until the way he said it tonight. Uh, Listen to what he said. You know, another thing that's burdening young people are these student loans. Now, I don't support having a truck driver having to pay a student loan for someone that got a degree in gender studies. That is wrong. We should not have taxpayers do that. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to get to the root cause of the problem. These student loans are going to be backed by the universities because they need to have an incentive to produce gainful employment for people. They should not be indulging in ideological studies. They should be focusing on things that work. And we're going to take some of this money and we're going to move it to actual vocational training. Now, it's interesting. Even that bite was put together without the right emphasis. He said at the end of that bite, 
I'm going to get back to vocational. We did it in Florida. We uh, started making it easier to get your CDL, your commercial driver's license. Uh, and the trades are a great opportunity for building wealth and businesses in this country. That is one of the most unspoken truths in the American political oh, dialogue today. And DeSantis said it. I've never heard anybody else give voice to it. We are throwing money and opportunity at college. You see what we're getting back for it, right? You see what's happening on campuses all over the country. But economically, the trades are such great avenues and everybody needs it. Nobody is desperate to find a lawyer. Nobody is desperate to find a doctor. Nobody is desperate to find an accountant. You are desperate to find a plumber, okay? Let me tell you, as a homeowner, which we all are, the trades need to be fed. And that was a great, great way into that, a way I really think there's a neglected opportunity to talk to regular people all across this country. Not everybody's going to wind up here. I couldn't agree with you more. And if you saw the uh, higher education universities, the elite university presidents yesterday oh. on the Hill with Elise Stefanik, unable to, to condemn anti-Semitism and genocide, I looked at that. I said to somebody earlier today on the radio, I said, I would sooner send my daughter to community college than Harvard right now. It's a complete waste of money. When you see, when you look every day, you can see what's going on in these classes. Well, as a value and, play. I mean, it used to just be a talking point, like right versus left no. about the universities. Not now, because look, there was a simple test yesterday. Yesterday. And, I, and I thought Stefanik did a good job with the questioning. But it's real easy. Switch the word Jewish with black yeah. or trans. What happens to the kids yeah. who are calling for any flavor of action you know against was, the group? And again, I, I don't want to get topic of get off topic of the debate. What I thought was fascinating to, to Morgan's point, here are these elite college presidents not able to call it out for what it is. And yet the governor of Pennsylvania, a Democrat who oversees UPenn, immediately called it out. The deputy White House right. press secretary called it out. So it wasn't, what are they so scared about that other leftists can call it out? I mean, that just shows you where yeah. these universities are, but that they're that back, scared. But to go back to DeSantis, you're right. That was probably one of the strongest yep. points in the debate for him. I also thought that he gave some of the strongest answers on China because he talked about Taiwan in a realistic manner as it relates to deterrence. But he did talk to people uh, about... He wouldn't about, say whether or not he'd commit troops. But that's their long-standing policy. Right, that's, 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 that's U.S. That's, policy. Ambiguity, that's, that's US what we do. That's what we do. Now, we could argue if we, should, if we should get rid of strategic ambiguity, but, you know, I mean, com committing to defending Taiwan is committing to war with China, and everybody should take a pause before they do that. So I thought that was smart of him. But reminding people, I grew up in the state of Florida. It's a great educational system. I stayed in state for the very reason, because of the educational incentives that they're offered there. And as parents are making real decisions about what kids should do, I mean, he run on that right. Record, right? Talk, talk right. about that. Instead of talking about all the amorphous stuff, talk about what you did in Florida. What was the moment of the night for you guys, Geraldo? Well, to me, it was uh, when Chris Christie was so angered at Vivek Ramaswamy's insulting of, uh, of, of uh, uh, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley uh, that he, he, he really seemed to me to, to really be glowering at, uh, at Vivek in a way that, that shrunk him. I, but if, I can just, before we leave college presidents and, and the loans and so forth, I think that it, the colleges are now a racket uh, where totally. salaries have gotten so blown and the, and the, the uh, landscaping and the buildings and the, so forth, so, so expensive. The colleges have to get the income they need to preserve this, this corrupt bubble. And they get it by... Uh, by these loans, by giving anyone and everyone a loan. And even if you don't want it, you get a MasterCard in the mail when you're a freshman or a sophomore. It, it, they sink these kids 
you know, and getting into a liberal arts education where it's problematic, maybe they'll get a job as a teacher or whatever it is. They, they sucker them in and they graduated $100,000, $200,000 in debt. No wonder they can't buy homes. It's absolutely obscene. And I, I just think that there needs to be the, the wishy-washy presentation of the college presidents where they could not condemn anti-Semitism. It, there is an elite aspect to that profession that is really counter to decency. It also creates an opportunity for leadership. And we heard it spoken to tonight. Was it Nikki Haley who said, I'm going to have the schools back the loans? No, so that, was, that was actually DeSantis. Well, DeSantis yeah. Governor DeSantis said that as well. That's an interesting idea. That would be a lot of litigation. Um, we have a lot more to discuss here, but let's get the perspective from being in the room, okay? Leland Vittert with the one and only Elizabeth Vargas, who was up there tonight pitching nothing but heat. Leland. A lot lot of heat, and there was a lot of heat more from the candidates themselves between them than from the moderators. Congratulations. How do you feel? Thank you. Thank you. I think it was an interesting debate and a substantive one, and we got to see some real differences between the candidates, and we let them debate and talk to each other and argue with each other about whose position is best. Um, You know, we had a couple of times when we had to rein them all in and get them to, to stop talking over each other, but overall, I thought it was a fiery Um, And fascinating. Um. Take me through the thinking, and you can pull back the curtain for us, because you all asked some questions that hadn't been asked in any of the four debates. Things about homeownership, things about college loans. It actually got to issues that people care about a lot, got to issues of taxes and inflation that, that haven't been talked about before. Give me the thinking on that. Well, we specifically wanted to ask about things that hadn't been asked before in previous debates, but also to get them to be more specific um, on policies that they have talked a lot about, for example, on the southern border. There isn't, they've all talked very, very tough. Very few of them have offered any answers as to exactly how they would do the things that they say they will do. And actually, in that case, it, you know, we, we saw Governor Christie really come hard at Governor DeSantis several times when uh, twice he didn't answer explicitly the question I very pointedly asked him. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's one thing. You can say a lot, Leland, when you're running for president. You can promise a lot when you're running for president. And all these candidates always do. The devil is always in the details. And when you actually, when it comes right down to being in the Oval Office, leading this country, solving that crisis on the southern border, trying to figure out, am I going to actually send American troops into Gaza to rescue eight American hostages, as I asked Governor DeSantis, and he didn't answer. No. He, he, he didn't. And there was, there was a and lot of... And by the of, way, Governor Christie committed that he would. Right. No, no. They, he, Christie, for whatever you agree or disagree, he answered, he answered the questions. I wanted to get through your thinking and what you, all, what you all were seeing in these moments when the attacks all focused, uh, with the exception of Chris Christie, on Nikki Haley. Take a listen. If you're somebody that's going to be the president of the United States and you can't stand up against child abuse, how are you going to be able to stand up for anything? That, that is the truth. I we never have it, said we have it that. on video. The only person more fascist than the Biden regime now is Nikki Haley, who thinks the government should identify every one of those individuals with an ID. That is not freedom. That is fascism. And she should come nowhere near the levers of power, let alone the White House. We know from her history, Nikki will cave to those big donors when it counts. And I love all the attention, fellas. Thank you for that. She didn't even need you guys to jump in. No, she didn't. And she had a good line for it. Yeah. But, you know, they were really, 
they understand that the Iowa caucuses are five, five weeks and a handful of days away. It's crunch time. They need to make their case. We also tonight specifically asked several questions about the man who isn't on stage tonight, Donald Trump, the man who is leading by far and away in the polls, the man they have to beat before they have the privilege of running against Joe Biden. Because, you know, that's why we crafted questions for our Republican voters to pick their candidate, the person they want to put on the ticket to run against and hopefully for the Republicans defeat Joe Biden as president. All right. Well, congratulations. Get some sleep. You guys have been working really hard. Uh, Chris? His doctor says he'll live. Great stuff. Bravo to Elizabeth Vargas. Job well done. No surprise there. Leland, I'll check back with you in a second. So in terms of moments that you saw tonight uh, that really made you be like, oh, that was terrible. Uh, I, I wish that hadn't happened. <laughs> when Ramaswamy uh, held, held up, up the, the piece of paper. She's corrupt. The prop. Yeah. Kelly is corrupt. I mean, and in fairness, it's a lame prop. And, and It's a childish move. Again, they've been, he's, not, he's not he had it on his mind for days. You could tell right. he plotted it. But, it. but he's not a serious candidate. But give News Nation credit. They pulled away from it very quickly so you couldn't see it. That's the, that's the difference of running a good debate versus, say, what we saw on another network with uh, DeSantis versus uh, But, you know, when he talked about the credentials of his wife, I thought, why is she not up there? Right? I mean, she came on News Nation earlier before and, and was doing the spinning for him. I think maybe she should be on the stage. <laughs> she sounded really I, I, impressive. I felt like Ramaswamy was taking the shots at everyone. Christy was cleaning up for everybody. And you had the two in the middle that really are in the poll position right fair. now. Yeah. It was just an interesting dynamic. It was like one side was firing one way, the other was firing the other, and then those two stood in the middle for a minute and did, let them fire each other. Did you get the impression that Chris Christie was the most comfortable of the four? That he was he's actually... Well, he would have been up there like five but times. But it, it, it feels like he doesn't... Yeah. He, he has nothing to lose. He's in New Hampshire. That's it. If he doesn't win there, it's over. He knows it. And he's got, a, it's a one-trick pony. I'm going after Trump. I'm the guy who's going to say everything against Trump. And if he doesn't make it past New Hampshire, he's out. But if so he has doesn't make it past Iowa, well, he he's out. If huh? Haley doesn't make Fair it Fair enough. I get that. I agree. But that's, I was that's your stick. There was, a, there was some real policy debates tonight and some divisions within the Republican Party. Because it's very similar on the border, as you pointed out. Somewhat similar on China. The real debate, which I thought was fascinating, was between Christie and DeSantis on trans children and the policy of whether you should ban it or not. Now, DeSantis and Haley went after it a little. At the end of the day, they probably actually agree to the same things. But Christie brought up a very interesting school of thought amongst a lot of, especially libertarian Republicans, uh, about whether you should ban those type of things. DeSantis shot back and said, you don't have a right as a parent uh, to to abuse your child. child." Um, And so that, that, to me, that's a really fascinating debate in the Republican Party, even though they might agree on the trans children issue. They have taken very different approaches from a public policy perspective for how it should be tackled. Yeah. Do you think that resonates? Um, I do. I also think it's a little bit of an insight into that conservatism versus populism yeah. thing that we talked about. The, 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 the DeSantis a little bit more populist there. But granted, the point about you don't have the right to abuse your children is absolutely right. And that's conservative as well. I actually thought that was one of the very few. But it assumes that anything done in that regard is abuse. Exactly. But it's a fair debate to have. Right. And it was a reason, reasonable debate to have. And I thought everybody did a nice job of explaining themselves. One of the few times they didn't start yelling at it, each other. It, it also showed the difference in the voters. Iowa has a much bigger evangelical population than New Hampshire. New Hampshire, New Englanders, much more pragmatic. Independents can vote in the Democrat in the in the Republican primary, and because there's not a primary uh, on on the Democratic side, because Obama, I mean Biden can't you know, shifted away. Uh, there is a possibility of Christie trying to attract people into that primary 
that might not otherwise do it. And that position probably plays more with them. Good point. So I, 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 I think Christie's been way. consistent. Though. Yeah, that. that's what they sent me a note about that. Uh, he got asked a question where they said, oh, yeah, well, you passed a law in New Jersey uh, that made schools have to respect what And he said it was 2018. Says. It wasn't him. And it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah. and his the people were sending it off. to me saying, you have to correct it, you have to correct it. When you Google it, you know, I said, you're going to have to give me the answer of the proof that it wasn't Governor Christie. Governor Christie said during the debate, uh, I, who asked him the question? It was not Vargas. I know that. But anyway, somebody asked him the question. You passed a law in New Jersey where you said the school has to respect someone's choice of gender, even if the parents disagree with it. And he said, no, I didn't. I think it was Nikki Haley that um, said it. If I'm not, no, what, no, 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 it was one of the moderators. It was one, one of the moderators said it, but he said, no, that Kelly. wasn't me. It was Megan in 2018 Kelly. after me. Oh, that's right. And then there was never any clarification about it. Uh, his supporters came to me and said, uh, that's not true. I'm sure he's going to clean that up and he'll have to because that's an inconsistency point. If it was a dirty question, then he's going to have to come out and say it. And if he's wrong, he's going to have to come out and own it. I thought uh, Ramaswamy gave the best policy answer of the night, by the way. Say what you want about how you feel about his legitimacy, you know, his fitfulness or whatever you want to call it. But he talked about we only do sick care in this country. Yeah, no, that we was don't good. do health care. Yep. Right. And I'll tell you what, you talk to anybody who's in the insurance business or any practitioner, right. clinician, they say the same thing, that we do not help people stay healthy. We only deal with them once they're sick. And they believe the entire industry should be reshaped around that. He was the only one to discuss it. Um, all right. Uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. We also have Bill O'Reilly. The big man wants to weigh in on what he saw there tonight, what he liked and what he didn't like. We got Chris Steyerwalt to take us through what would move the needle and how. And we have Congressman Tim Burchett, Tennessee. Very interesting voice because he's part of this new breed on the right. What did he think tonight? Stay with us.
right, what a big night here. We definitely saw a change in the state of play on that stage. Remember, again, this was their last choice. Why were they so fiery? Why was it different? Well, I would suggest to you two things. One, the exigency. This is the last opportunity for Nikki Haley and for the three gentlemen uh, who want to be our president. And before the holy days, this was their last shot to prove you how they suss out amongst themselves. The second reason would be uh, News Nation did a lot of homework, uh, put together a very good team, uh, and had questions that put them in places they hadn't been in before. So, in terms of how the people who are on the stage felt about it, uh, we have Leland Vittert, who has one of the combatants uh, from tonight's tussle in Tuscaloosa, presidential <laughs> candidate Combatants. Vivek Ramaswamy. Leland. Uh, Tussle in Tuscaloosa, you're stealing Blake Berman's line. Uh, We give credit where credit is due, Cuomo. Uh, Vivek is with us now. Help. Chris made a great point. This is the final argument, 50 days, 40 days until Iowa. What stuck out with you? What moment on the stage do you want Iowa voters who are still deciding to take away? Probably the last one where I was willing to talk about an issue that nobody else on that stage and in this race has dared to touch. Some of the third rails in American politics, like the climate change agenda. They're building a carbon dioxide capture pipeline across Iowan farmland. This is not some sort of highfalutin national issue, but this is an issue that's affecting everyday farmers. I've met them on the ground. And Leland, this is a bigger part of what I think is going to happen in the Iowa caucus. There is a disconnect. I'm not just talking about you guys or anyone else, but the nas- between what's going on in the national media and what's actually going on on the ground with activists in Iowa. They care about some of those issues where they need candidates to be able to speak the truth. And so it's what I said at the, you know, towards the beginning of that debate. If you want someone to speak truth to power, start with somebody who speaks the hard truth to you. That's what I'm doing on the ground. And so many of the people we're seeing at our events and our, our, yeah. as our supporters are not your traditional GOP primary voters. Yeah, your wife, your wife made that point earlier. That, 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 I didn't you, you had, yeah, no, she was, oh, she was okay. great. It was, it was wonderful to talk to her. She gave us a little bit of a preview of, I mean, of, how, you were getting, on the of how you were getting ready for the debate, playing yeah. with your four-year-old. I said, I thought that was he's pretty... Three, he's three, but he'd be good, flattered to know that he's good, four. Good yeah. preparation. Yeah. But this is what I think is interesting. When you and I were together in Iowa, there was an optimism. There was a, a, a liveliness and a happiness, that, yeah. that, an inspirationness, that inspirational sort of message that came from you. And I think that was resonating with voters. Voters I talked to in Iowa were, were saying that. It seems to be that the guy on the stage now is a little bit angrier, is a little bit harsher. Yeah, I will what, say this. So on the ground in Iowa, I mean, there are many different dimensions to each of us, right, as, as human beings and as people and as leaders. And I think there's a time and place for everything. And one of the things I've learned is the debate stage is a time where you are unafraid to draw contrast with the other candidates. That's what that 22-hour window with buzzers at the end of when you speak or not. I do think it was a well-connected debate tonight. I would say that. But I do think that it's still a format that's about drawing contrast. Mm -hmm. And that means that you need to show the American people that you are willing to fight for this country. I'm going to sit across the table from Xi Jinping. I'm not going to play with kid gloves. I'm not going to do it with people who we have deep ideological divisions with as well. But... At the same time, I think it's important, and this is why, this is where I'm spending most of my time, on the ground with that grassroots message. And we are seeing a lot of that with the people who are in a room. 200 people in a room see a different side of you, too. I heard, and so I think both of those are important. I heard from a number of women who would be non-traditional GOP voters uh, during the debate. And people who I'd heard from before this debate who really, who really liked you and were interested yeah. in you, who thought going after Nikki Haley in the way that you did over and over about her intelligence, crossed a line that didn't need to be crossed. I didn't say a word about her intelligence. I said a word about her knowledge. And I think there's, this is 
really important, where you have a candidate who has touted her foreign policy credentials, which is really just a cup of coffee stint at the UN, before there was, there's no foreign policy, advocating for $100 billion-plus investments of the U.S. into wars, you got to know the first basic thing about those wars, and it goes back to history. This is what we saw with the Iraq War. The people who got us into that Iraq War didn't know the first thing about it. I'm going to be really honest with Leland, what I think is going on, because I think this is a tough truth, and and it may not be popular, make me popular to say it. I think the media absolutely applies a different standard to Nikki Haley, and she leans into it when she talks about, in her opening campaign video, kicking in heels, in the first debate, talking about the fact that it takes a woman to get the job done. She, on one hand, decries identity politics, yet on the other hand, wears it on her sleeve. And I'm sorry, with the mainstream media, I think it's actually working. How, though, do you get the momentum back that you had? Because you had it, it it doesn't come from attacking other candidates in the teens. Well, I I think that what it comes from is delivering with the grassroots base that's coming out to support us in droves. I mean, I think there's a major mismatch between what you would see as the New York Times narrative and just the sheer crowd sizes that we're seeing in Iowa alone and what people tell us. 50% of them or more have said they've never even gone to an Iowa caucus. Now, it's on us to bring them out, but if we do, it is up to us to deliver a shock in Iowa. And I think that's going to propel us from January 15th forward. And, you know, look, I think there's even a disparate reaction between what you see in cable news and what you see on the Internet no, in each a, of these it's debates. A great point. It's a great point. And it's, it's fascinating, it's, actually. No, no, it's a great it's, point about the polling, because if somebody hasn't gone to a caucus before and you bring them out, if you bring them to, out to a caucus, that doesn't come in the polling numbers. All right, big, I'll see you soon. It's a big lever coming. All right, so thank, thank you very you, much. I appreciate all right. it. Chris? You know, Ramaswamy does raise a really interesting question, and Leland was getting to it with his questioning there uh, of him, which is there are a lot of things about him that can make you uncomfortable. Uh, tone, tenor, uh, he can seem uh, uh, juvenile in terms of how he goes after people over a line. But maybe the line, here's my question for you guys because you're the pros, maybe the line is an artificial line. It's an establishment line. And he appeals to people who don't like by the rules that we all think are okay uh, within the establishment. And that's why he's got people on the internet who are much more interested in him um, um, Sean, then people are within the yeah. pundit class. No, no, there's, there's, look, the reason that Trump resonated is because he was willing to do things unconventional, untraditional. He didn't care about the establishment, the rules of the game. Ramaswamy, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I mean, he is basically in the mold of Trump. That's his pitch. I can be Trump without the lawsuits. So it shouldn't be shock anybody that that's his tactic. And when you look at the folks online, the activists, now, again, remember, does that mean they're going to vote in Iowa? No, but it does mean that there is a constituency for it. He's not going after the big donors. You hear how he talks about them, how he berated Nikki Haley. It's a nice thing about being rich. Right. But also, look, anyone wants people to donate to their campaign. That's how they get funded. There's been but one he has a lot of the activists are on the is rude. Yeah. He is rude. He seems very, uh, you know, small when he does these attacks. And you want the president to have some class, to have some sense of uh, some sense of dignity and, and comrade. But what if you, you want him to be want the to agent be of your animus? As they were saying about Trump, there's only one you person. Be, you Trump want him Trump to say to these guys touch. what you want to there's say. Only Trump has the common do that, and it's Donald Trump. There's only one person. We've all. How many times have we said if another candidate did this, their career would be over? Except for Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump is the only person who has successfully done and can do, I think, what Vivek Ramaswamy is trying to do. He's trying to be a boorish way into, into your homes. And, and so if forth, Trump, and Trump were to step away or be taken away or whatever the scenario is, you don't think Ramaswamy is the first one to step into no. those shoes? No, no, no not no, even no. close. No, I think there's a difference. He has a constituency, but the difference is, does that constituency translate into someone who can accumulate the 1,215 delegates you need no. to go to the convention? Yeah, who was yeah. the constituency? Well... What? At, at, but what? At QAnon and, uh, yeah. you know, other bizarre people that have you know, elaborate basements. It's 5% of the party. It, it, he's, it, it doesn't, doesn't do it. Can I just say one thing about uh, DeSantis? He, he looked better than he has in any of the other debates. It's almost as if he has a Richard Nixon problem with, uh, I hate to talk about something so superficial, with a, a 5 o'clock shadow that comes uh, at, uh, at noon. But he seemed, he seemed fresher and, for the first time, I think, made the point of alone, and with due respect to uh, Nikki Haley's husband serving overseas, that he, the candidate, Governor DeSantis, served in the military. He was in Iraq during the war at a time when the streets were blowing up. I know I was there. It was, and I, I think that he made that point. He looked better. He seemed more uh, controlled. And I, I think he, he made that point about being a veteran. I also thought he made a really interesting point, which is like nuance. I'm sure, Mick, it affects what you do as well. I mean, he said that digital currency is basically dead on day one of his presidency. Um, I mean, that's sort of like, again, we're not a business channel. But that was the, that statement to me, you know, I don't know. That, would, that makes a lot of news, especially whenever you see Jamie Dimon also saying today uh, in testimony that he thinks that the government needs to get rid of crypto. Right. But you also have the same constituency that we're talking about that Geraldo is questioning, you know, how solid it is, will be very offended by that. They'll say this is the future. And this is this is tantamount to a lot of people of saying, well, the Internet's done the first day I get in. There are a lot of people in this country who believe that that's the establishment wanting to keep down innovation, wanting to keep down, want to keep the rules of play all in its control. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays to the extent that it gets any wattage. Online it will, and we'll have to read it that way. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the big man. Bill O'Reilly was watching. He was listening. What did he see? What did he hear? He will pick a winner. I guarantee you that. Tis the season for chicken fingers at Raising Cane's. Warm up with cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy crinkle-cut fries, Texas toast, and the real source of holiday magic, cane sauce. Happy holidays from Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. Thanks to the Xfinity 10G network, my little brother's friends won't leave our house. When I was their age, internet with basically no interruptions was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Football is the game of life, and it brings a community together. White, black, boys, girls. Flag, tackle. Football can revive communities. That's why I think you know, football is on the right path. Community with football is very accepting and loving to people who enjoy the sport. Win or lose, they do it as a family. Futureforfootball.com Hello there, this is Nat King Cole wishing you all a happy and a Merry Christmas. The joy of living is in the giving. So let's give lots of toys for tots. 
Toys, toys, toys for tots Some have too many Some haven't any If those who have give those who haven't Oh, what a Christmas day The Marine Reserve will help you Will help you fill your sleigh With lots and lots of toys for tots So give a little toy today Since 1947, the United States Marine Corps has been helping Santa fill his sleigh Making happier holidays for deserving children right in your community Go to toysfortots.org and learn how you can make a difference Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT G-O-A-T Acronym Stands for Greatest of All Time As in Spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave Dad You're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt U.S. Kids and the Ad Council Our daughter, Jessie, loves playing detective. A clue. But since we discovered she has sensitive skin, we've been playing detective, too. We thought the problem was our puppy. But it was actually our old detergent. Uh Aha. So we switched to Tide Free and Gentle. Tide cleans better than the leading competitive free detergent, and it doesn't leave behind irritating residues. Plus, Tide Free and Gentle has no dyes or perfumes, so it's gentle on her skin. Case closed. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be tied free and gentle. This is News Nation, consistently ranked as neutral and reliable in news industry bias reports. That's why we are America's fastest growing news channel. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Each week, VA sends an email to over 13 million veterans. It's jam packed with veteran discounts on hundreds of services, job listings, and information on home loans, plus access to many local events for veterans and their families. Subscribe for free at va.gov slash vetresources to learn more. This is an important message from the Mine Safety and Health Administration. Effective training is key to accident prevention. Always ensure miners are trained on safe work procedures in a language they understand. MSHA offers a wide variety of mine safety and health materials to assist trainers and mine operators. MSHA's educational field staff are available in all areas to assist with the training needs of miners and mine operators. MSHA wants miners to stay safe. For more resources, visit MSHA.gov. All right, here we are at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. We just had the end of the final debate for 2023. Remember, this is the Holy Day period now, and then they go right into Iowa. So this was the last best chance to make the case. Who did well, who didn't? I got a clarification for you, though, from the mind of Mick Mulvaney. Uh, There was a moment in the debate that I was trying to get called up, but I, I couldn't get to the control room. Governor Christie was put on the hot seat. Uh, by one of the moderators tonight saying, hey, you're saying now it's a parent's choice about what kind of procedure their kids do or do not have in terms of identity surgery or whatever you want to call it. And he was then confronted with a law that he passed in New Jersey that said a school has to accept the identity that a student chooses for themselves, even if the student's parent disagrees. And Christie 
kept nodding his head and saying, no, I did not. No, I did not. And Ramaswamy was jumping up and down saying, you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> it turns out that was a pretty good impression. Though, right? Good. It turns good. out Governor Christie was right. The bill, according to what we found online here, NorthJersey.com, um, that bill was signed in July of 2018 by then Governor Murphy. So Governor Murphy, I'm not saying it's a bad bill, it's a good bill. That's for you to decide. But it was not Governor Chris Christie. And he was asked that tonight, and it was a false premise. It was not on his watch. So that's the correction. Now, let's go to Bill O'Reilly. Thank you very much. The mind of Mick, we call it. Bill O'Reilly, it's great to have you, big man. I know it is, and uh, just in time. I'm glad I took a nap because it's getting to be late here. Uh, Cuomo, did you just say earlier in the program that Geraldo has a clear mind? Is that you who said it? Yes. I've never heard that. Yes. Um, I don't think Geraldo's ever heard that. Um, but anyway, all right, we'll go with that. Geraldo's saying so, you should go uh, back to sleep. A couple of, <laughs> you know, that, that's Geraldo's big ad lib. He's been using that for 40 years. It's okay. I'm younger than Geraldo. I'm better looking and I'm smarter. And that's all I need. Um, so Christie did sign a trans bill uh, in 2017, a year before Murphy. My crack investigators were right on that. Megyn Kelly posed the question. It's a little murky because the bill was a generalized bill. It basically said that trans students uh, have to be protected by the schools, which isn't a bad thing. I'm a former high school teacher, but Christie was playing a little bit with that. Now, the winner of the debate, and I knew you were going to ask, uh, was DeSantis. <laughs> and the reason is that DeSantis tapped into the emotion that Republican voters are feeling when he went after the border and said, I would use violence against these cartel members. The border is the most emotional issue for Republicans. The economy is second. But the, the appalling state of the southern border today was a record number of migrants crossing. Christie was right on it. He won the debate because he was able to run down in Florida how he took on the progressive left and won. Haley came across as an establishment figure. OK, she's distant. She's not a culture warrior. She acquits herself well, very intelligent, could run the country, certainly could beat Joe Biden. No doubt in my mind that if it were Nikki Haley against Joe Biden, Haley would win probably in a landslide. But for Republican voters, she doesn't have the verve, the emotion to right the wrongs, which is Trump's trait. He's the warrior. He's going to clean it up. Christie and Ramaswamy should not have been in the debate. It's not News Nation's fault. The Republican National Committee chooses. They have no chance. They're not going to surge. They took up airtime. Ramaswamy did what he does. He got a lot of attention. He'd be a good commentator for somebody will scoop him up after he gets waxed in Iowa, which he will. Christie is, I lost it with Christie when he sat on that beach in the Jersey Shore after telling everybody in Jersey you can't go to the beach because of COVID. All right? That was a Newsom moment. You remember Newsom? Can't go outside, but I'm going to the French Laundry. 
That was it for me on Newsom, and that was it for me on Christie. And what I found very interesting was when Christie defended Nikki Haley, all right, which was chivalrous, word of the day. Christie's whole campaign has been personally attacking Donald Trump. Exactly what Ramaswamy was doing to uh, Nikki Haley, Christie objected to that. You don't get personal. Well, your whole campaign is anti-Trump. And the final thing I want to say, uh, Mr. Mulvaney saying that Trump can't win if convicted, I don't believe that for a second. Um, most Americans believe this is the Salem witch hunt, my book, all over again with Trump. Now, whether that belief is correct, it doesn't matter. Because in every election, perception is reality. So Trump could get convicted by someone of something. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with him defeating Joe Biden, which if the election were tomorrow, Donald Trump would do. I appreciate stunned you for with making my, your witness. I'm you, sorry. You're, you're I'm so, stunned. I'm sorry I, I woke know, you up. I knew. You, you, you don't know what. You don't know what to reply because every point I made is right on. So can I go to bed now or do I have to hang around for Stierwald? I mean, is he coming up next or something? No, and please. talk about a guy who please, needs a nap. Please go talk to bed. Talk about a guy who needs please. a nap. <laughs> Put on your pajamas right, I sat with through the special the footies <laughs> that he's, say he's got his on. Bill is the man on the back he's, and go to sleep. He's got his pajamas on from the waist I, down now. I know. No, he's a good Last man, Bill O'Reilly. appreciate you. I'll see you soon. Oh, yes. Sure, I know you do. I'm your brother. Last word, I am very relieved to hear that Geraldo Rivera has a clear mind. Who knew? Good night, everyone. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Have a good night. Take care. See you later. 20 years at Fox uh, to endure that man. Bill O'Reilly <laughs> uh, always uh, knows what he wants to say, sees things clearly as well, just like you, Geraldo. Uh, he says DeSantis won it because... The immigration uh, travesty matters most. Okay, so in waiting, W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, what he said, we have to have a wall across the border. Haven't we moved past that? Don't we know now that we're not a wall away from being safe? Don't we know that it's about manpower on the border and changing the asylum rules and how you deal with people who are already here, getting rid of catch and release? Um, don't we know we're not a wall away anymore? Is that enough? It, it's, it's more than that. What DeSantis implies is that he will use deadly force against border crossers. Now, he says he will use uh, uh, deadly force against the cartel. How is he going to know the difference? Isn't it like a, a, a little bit like the IDF uh, and, and uh, the difference between Hamas and, and the Palestinian civilian? How do you tell? When he says we did it in Iraq. He said they weren't wearing al-Qaeda um, uniforms. They were walking in man dresses, he said, but you figure it out. Well, I, I think it, it's preposterous. One, one point that I, I, slightly off topic is on the way here from Sarasota, Florida, I went past the gas station and it was $2.99 for a gallon of regular. $2.99. That's spectacular. It's, it's price is down 45 cents or 50 cents since a year ago. Unemployment under 4%. The, the problem, I think, the real headwind 
for Re Republican the candidate, presumably uh, D Donald Trump, is going to be that Biden's economy has been surprisingly resilient. The stock market is up. Uh, the inflation is down. Uh, you know, unemployment is way down. All these immigrants that you see coming in and all the, this the problems. You want this? Going to be absurd. How much time do we have? Yeah, why don't you take well, this? Look. I, I just, I, I think, look, <laughs> the economy is a gut feeling for people. And if you walk down the street and talk to anybody, whether it's in Alabama, Sarasota, Florida, or Cleveland, Ohio, when you get back, people don't feel the economy is working for them. And just because the gallon of gas dips for a week or two, it's still, doesn't, and it's still above where it was. It's when still Trump above left. where it was. Inflation is sky high. People are hurting, Geraldo. And maybe you don't see it, but there's a reality that most people are worried about paying their bills, putting money away for their kids to college, affording dinner, a, a night but out. But doesn't it's it just, matter, Sean, that the reality is different than no, the perception? Is, no, isn't the it, politics isn't is the, perception. Isn't the politics, well... Maybe what you need is a, someone like Reagan who could communicate oh the shining city. Right. Look, well, first of all, the White House is abandoning Bidenomics, uh, the term, because it's not really working. Secondly, within the past couple of weeks, one of the things that went most viral on social media was a nurse, a young RN. Uh, I think she has two or three children. And she talked about, tearfully looked at the camera and said, you know, my husband and I just got paid. We just paid our bill. And, and then they paid all of Bucks. their bills. And they had two or three hundred dollars left until they got the next paycheck. That is the reality for most Americans that feel like they're living paycheck. I, I think that, I think you're right. I also think you're right, uh, because I'm weak. No, because two things can be true <laughs> at once. That's two what things can be true at once, not. and it comes down to who's making the case and who makes the better case. I, if you had a bunch of economists talking about where the numbers are and why, you would have one set of feelings afterwards. But that's not this campaign. And... They're right. When you talk to people and you ask them, how's the economy doing for you? You rarely hear anybody say, I'm killing it. I love it. Uh, and that is enough in politics to beat you. Doesn't matter what your statistics say. If you can't make the case to them that you can't capture their imagination, that they're going to have a better life because of you, you're going to lose. We've got to take a break, but we're going to keep talking about this. And we have Congressman Tim Burchett. Now, I told you, he's important new Republican from Tennessee. He's part of where that's, that, that party wants to be. How did he feel about tonight? We got Governors Larry Hogan, Mark Sanford, Chris Steyerwald, and most importantly, you. You want to ask a question? 844-968-7720. 844-968-7720. But not for O'Reilly. He's asleep. <laughs> Want to catch some catchphrases? Oh, yes, Master. Keepers, keepers, keepers. Here's Johnny. You won't be able to get them out of your head. Up your nose with a rubber hose. She can kiss my friends. Oh, my stars. And that's a good thing. God will get you for that. Catch classic catchphrases all day long on Antenna TV. Good night, George. Good night. Sports allow us to play, learn, and grow. But there's something more important than victory. At the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, we believe every athlete deserves to be safe. Safe from abuse and misconduct on and off the field. We equip athletes, parents, coaches, and others with the right education to recognize, prevent, and respond to harmful behavior. Join the movement to champion respect and end abuse at uscenterforsafesport.org. 
My name is Michael Houston, Navy veteran and VFW Post Service Officer. I'm encouraging all United States military veterans and active duty members to take advantage of the many benefits and privileges you've earned by serving our great country. Please reach out to a veteran service officer or your local VFW. You served your country. Now let your country serve you. For more information, call 800-827-1000 or visit Benefits.gov. When you use bounce dryer sheets and your clothes look amazing, it's the sheet. Less static in your life? Yeah, it's the sheet. Smelling fresher than ever? It's the sheet. Oh, so soft fabric? Ooh la la. It's the sheet. Less wrinkles on your clothes? You know it's the sheet. Bounce dryer sheets. More freshness, more softness. Less static, less wrinkles. It's the sheet. Every child deserves the best teachers, facilities, and academic programs to set them up for success. At Milton Hershey School in Hershey, Pennsylvania, we make that a reality for children from qualifying families who are looking for greater opportunities. Milton Hershey School enrolls students from pre-K through 12th grade from across the United States to live and learn on a beautiful state-of-the-art campus with all costs covered. Are you looking to set your child up for success or know a child who could benefit from Milton Hershey School? Learn more at mhskids.org admissions. Not all people are the same. And yet, when we visit the doctor, our treatments don't look that different. Why is that? Because we just don't have enough information to do it better. By gathering health data from one million people, our country's best researchers will be able to develop treatments that are as unique and complex as we are. With this new information, doctors will have a better understanding of disease so they can innovate the next great breakthroughs in medicine. Learn more at joinallofus.org. News Nation's Ashley Banfield asking the questions true crime junkies want to know. How'd the killer get in? How'd the killer drive away? Brian's going to actually show you the route. With the insider details you'll only find on News Nation. Pieces of the puzzle are starting to come together in this mystifying case. Banfield, weeknights at 10, 9 central, only on America's fastest growing cable news network, News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com or stream News Nation on Apple CarPlay and Alexa debate. Here we are in Tuscaloosa. Been a very, very exciting night. Everybody came to play because they all knew on that stage, Haley, DeSantis, Christie, and Ramaswamy, that this was their last best chance to make the case before we move into the holy days. And next thing you know, you got the Iowa caucus. And if you're not in the top three, boy, oh boy, do you have trouble. So they came out tonight looking to make a point. The question is, whom did it help? Whom did it not? I'm joined by a very strong panel, former South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford, journalist and political commentator Scotty Nell Hughes, former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, journalist and writer Lindsey Granger. Good to have each and all. Uh, Did we feel there was a clear winner tonight? Each of you, Gov? Uh, Yeah, I I jotted my little uh, list here. (laughs) I I, I, I thought uh, in as much as Haley has won in the last three debates, she, in relative terms, lost tonight, and by that, DeSantis won. And let me say this. Tomorrow morning, Chris Christie's campaign better send a I'm sorry bouquet of flowers to the Haley campaign because tonight he ended her campaign. No woman ever wants another man to stand up for. I get it, chivalrous. I'm sorry, you're competing for president. She should have had the first response back. Her absence of that made her look weak, and like Chris Christie had to come to her defense, that is never a good look for women. 
Bad for him, too, or no? Uh, not as bad for him, but still, once again, he never had a chance anyways. He did exactly what I said he was going to do. The whole point was to keep knocks on Trump, and he did that over and over again. But reality is, he ended Nikki Haley's campaign tonight. Mm. Well, I'm not sure about that, but I think it was a good night for Chris Christie. I thought the highlight of the, of the whole debate was when he went after uh, Ramaswamy. I thought that was strong. Uh, I liked when he stood up and defended Nikki Haley. Uh, and Would you have done that for a man? Uh, I, 